0: Are we recording? Hallelujah. How many of y'all ready for the word? Yeah. Glory. Oh, hallelujah. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I give you permission, Father, to use me, Father, to speak to your children the word of life, Father. I give you permission father to use me father to distribute the manner father use my tongue father as a pen of a ready writer father to speak the things concerning your kingdom father to think to speak the things concerning your predestined purpose right now father. We remove all distractions, all father, all demonic things, oh father, that try to circulate in the atmosphere right now, father. We clear the atmosphere, angels of God, that we may learn, father, of you, oh father, that we may become like you in every area of our life. Father, we give you permission, father, to teach us. Father, we give you permission to lead us. Father, we give you permission to guide us, raise us, father, in your holy word, in your way, father that we may conform to the image of your son. Father, we thank you right now, Father, for who you are, for what you have done, for what you are going to do. Father, we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. All right. We're still on the, uh, how y'all feeling this afternoon? Oh, come on. Come on. Eventually it's Eventually, we're going to move from good to great. (laughs) Eventually, we're going to move from from good to y'all just going to levitate, start clapping. Amen. Uh, We're still on our teaching series, Kingdom Essentials. Okay, we need to learn the basic things of the kingdom. All right, once we were born again, uh, we were adopted, we were moved out of the world we were pulled out of the, the kingdom of darkness. We have been brought into Abba's household. Now, learning the kingdom is learning his ways, learning how he thinks. Okay? We started with the relationship. Now, we're moving into the, into the kingdom. Our teaching pillars for this ministry is relationship. Amen? Because you need the relationship. All right? You need to have an understanding that God is your father. That's your 24-7. Church, we do it on Wednesdays, we do it on on Sundays, sometimes on Saturdays, but 24-7, 365, he's your father. You should have an interaction with him. You should be led by him. He should be the one raising you. You come here, okay, so that we can put the word in you so when you go out there, you're effective. Truth be told, this, this is the embassy. We'll talk about that another time. This is the embassy of the kingdom of God. This is where we meet to discuss diplomatic matters. This is where we meet to discuss taking over. This is where we meet to discuss to grow, to have discussions on how we're going to do the kingdom. So we come from the relationship and then we move into the kingdom because we have to understand the relationship or we won't understand how to function in, in his kingdom. It's been too long that we talk about the kingdom, but we orphan minded. We say we kingdom minded, but we really orphan minded. Amen. And we're orphan minded because we don't understand the relationship. We don't engulf in the relationship. I'll tell you this and I'll continually tell you this. Anybody who says they have faith, it must first start at the relationship. And I'm not talking about a relationship with God. I'm talking about a relationship with a father. He's your father. You are the child. That's the relationship. Man can't have a relationship with God. You have to be like him. Anything that we have a relationship with that is not like us, we call it a pet. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So the Bible said that it pleased the father to give you the kingdom. Who gave you the kingdom? It pleased your father. This is what Jesus said out of his mouth. Jesus said, it pleased your father to give you the kingdom, which he prepared for you before the foundation of the world. So before he said, let there be light, it was already written. It was already a plan. It was already orchestrated that the kingdom belonged to us. But first, we have to get the relationship. So for the last two years, we've talked about the relationship, just the relationship just how you are children, just dealing with the orphan spirit, just developing your mind to see that you are a child of God 24-7, what he gave for you. He said he did not spare his son. (laughs) He said he did not spare his son. If If he didn't spare his son from the cross, he could have died anyway. He could have died anyway. It's a lot of ways Jesus could have died, but he died on that cross as the sign of a criminal. He took it, and when he said, it is finished, now you can walk into his household. Now we can have the kingdom, but first we got to get the relationship. So we talked about the relationship, and then we move into the kingdom. Now that we're in the kingdom, we're learning not just about relationship. I want you all to hear me, but about responsibility. About responsibility. He's your father. Parents give children responsibility. If he doesn't give you a responsibility, watch this how does he know you're for him? How does he know? We don't know that you're against him until he gives you an assignment and you don't do it. Jesus gave a parable. He said, There's two sons. The father sent them both in the vineyard. Go. One said, I won't. But he did it. One said he will, but didn't do it. Jesus said, who was right? It wasn't the word person who was moving their mouth. <laughs> Jesus said, okay, who did it the right way? It wasn't the person who said, I'm not going to do it, but did it. It was the person who said, I got you. I'm with you. He knew this well because he knew Peter. I never leave you, yeah, okay, Peter, I hear you. When die are converted, you're going to strengthen the brothers. <laughs> when you get converted, you're going to strengthen the I hear you, I will go to jail with you, I will die with you, yeah, I hear you by the time the, the rooster crow three times, you're going to bend and deny me. because he knew the teaching of the kingdom wasn't enough. Seeing the miracles wasn't enough. Now, come on, if Jesus is your mentor and you still denying. So, it don't matter who your pastor is. It don't matter who your apostle is. Jesus was apostled by, I mean, G, P- Peter was apostled by Jesus. <laughs> if only the leadership would do it. nope. <laughs> you ain't going to blame it on us. Peter had Jesus and still denied him. But you know why he denied him? Because he wasn't converted. He knew the kingdom. He understand the kingdom. He heard the parables. It was broken down to him. Jesus said, I gave you the mysteries. But the problem is you're not a son yet. He wasn't a son yet. And he couldn't become a son because the redeemer was speaking. So the redemption couldn't haven't taken place yet. So right now we are learning about the kingdom. Learning how to function, learning about your father's agenda. I'll tell you and I'll tell you again, let's get into it. Okay? That the father's plan for the world or for the earth was not just to be our God. It was not to be just to be God. It was to be our father. Amen. I got to keep telling you, okay, because I need you to notice when you get in your your depressed moments, amen? Amen. I need you to notice during hard times, when you don't think you're going to make it, I I need these words to come back to your mind. The only reason why I'm here is so he can be my father. He would never leave me. He would never forsake me. The whole purpose of him saying, let there be light. Or even creating the heavens and the earth was so that the relationship could could be established so he could bring forth the kingdom. The kingdom cannot be brought forth until the relationship is established. Now that we've established a relationship, let's bring about the kingdom. Amen. Y'all ready? Uh, uh, Y'all ready? (laughs) All right. Genesis 126. Now, the reason why I'm starting at Genesis is because we have to start with the inception of Scripture. We have to start at the beginning of Scripture. We have to start at where he started first dealing with man. When we understand where he first started, we'll begin to pick up the precepts, which means we start to understand his mind. That's why when you go through the Scriptures, and we're going to do it, go through the Scriptures and look up every Scripture that say you're predestined. They says foreordained and you will see what his plan was before he opened his mouth. He didn't just say let there be light, but then there was no plan. <laughs> and the plan wasn't. Come here, suffer, go to church, worship, praise me, live in no sin. And hopefully one day I'll let you in heaven. That wasn't the plan. That's not the plan. The plan is the moment I move you into my house, you solidified as my child. The Bible says we have an incorruptible seed. Not even you can corrupt that. He wanted to make sure this thing was guaranteed. So in Genesis 126, then God said, God said, God said, no beginning, <laughs> no ending. God said, nobody influenced them. <laughs> God said, you know how people they made me. No. Nope. <laughs> God said, "Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the bird of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth and the creatures that crawl on the earth." So God said, our heavenly father said, the King Eternal said, and once a king speaks, it becomes law. Once he said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, it became law. He could do it no way, or he becomes a liar, and we can't trust him. That's why, even in redemption, he had to bring a man. His son had to take on a body because he said. Let us make man in our image and let them dominate over earth. He can't dominate earth. It's impossible. And this is what we're going to talk about today. The title of our teaching is dominion by DNA. Dominion by DNA. We're not going to dominate by the gifts of the spirit. Uh Uh-oh. We're not going to dominate by worship services. Hallelujah. We're not going to dominate by singing songs. We're not going to do- dominate by talent. We're only going to dominate by DNA. Him and us revealed to the world. This was his plan, right? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. That's DNA. If you look at my children, they're in my image and they're according to my likeness. So they act like me. Forgive him. (laughs) Verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them, male and female. So what he said he was going to do in verse 26, he did it in 27. Then verse 28 said, God blessed them. He gave us favor. He equipped us. He blessed us from the beginning. The first thing he did was bless us. The first thing he did was give us grace to get the assignment done. We're not talking about grace to grow, we're talking about grace to do the assignment. Said God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, rule. The fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. So the assignment is relationship and kingdom. Why do I say that? Because he created us in his image according to his likeness. Then the next thing he said was rule. What did he want us to rule? Earth. He wanted us to rule earth. So he's given us a territory. That's what kingdom is. King means rule, ruler, or government. Dom means domain or territory. So kingdom literally means I need y'all to rule over this territory. That's the assignment. We're supposed to rule over this territory. When you wake up in the morning, (laughs) when your feet, before your feet hit the ground, you have an assignment to rule. You have an assignment to dominate. Now, I ain't going to bring up the fact that the first thing you got to dominate is your flesh and get out the bed and pray. We'll talk about that another time. I don't feel like being messy. Now, we know the assignment, but what is the hindrance to the assignment was the fall. Was the fact that they ate from the wrong tree and we lost life. When we lost life. We lost spiritual life. We lost ability to live in an open heaven under the father's presence. So much so that once they were kicked out the garden of Eden, an angel stood there with a sword of fire. Say, you can't come back this way, bro. This is the presence. We could not get in a presence to the redemption. So the issue was that we lost life. When we lost life, we lost the spiritual life. We lost the ability to, to get uh, uh, all our supplies from heaven. We lost the ability to get our maintenance from heaven. That's why we go going to psychiatrists and therapists. And I'm against that. My wife a therapist. But we lost our ability to be maintenance by him. We lost relationship. Not only did we lose relationship, we lost the ability to reproduce God-men and God-women. Not only did we lose that, we lost the ability to do community. That's why now, look at everything we're doing now. We're trying to gather together, okay, and fix everything that Adam broke in, in community. We're trying to get our spiritual life back. Everything that Adam lost, this is why you're showing up today, to get it back. That's why everything he talks about, he wants to renew us. He don't want to bring us into into anything new. He wants to renew us. He wants to bring us back into the original plan. You can't redeem something if you bring it back but you use it for a different purpose. You can't renew something if you bring it back but you use it for a different person purpose other than what you first used it for. So if the assignment was to dominate, if the assignment was to rule as children, then the renewing and the redemption is to bring us back to that. Now what I want to point out to y'all is this. This lustrous assignment of being created in his image according to his likeness and given us. Watch this. Blessing us and saying to us be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Rule. Now he wants us to rule over the earth right? Right? What did he give us to rule with? No swords, no knives, no guns, no bullets, DNA. His genetics. That's all he gave us. You can find nothing in scripture that he gave us to use to rule other than him being in us. This is why we have to, this is why he gave us permission to grow in grace and the knowledge of God. What is the creation way known? The creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of sons and daughters. They're not waiting for talent. They're not waiting for gifts. They're not waiting for calling. They're waiting for the manifestation. They're waiting for children of God to grow up and take on the assignment, to grow up and pray, uh uh-oh, to grow up and fast, to grow up and read your word, to grow up and go through things and come out like a god. He said, you're a royal priesthood. Not only are you kings and rulers, but you have permission to usher people into my presence. The Pharisees hated it. Jesus told the man to rise up and walk. They said, who do you think you are? You ain't God. He said, what is it better to do? Tell him to get up and walk or that his sins forgiven. Which one do you want me to do? All you need to know is that the son of man can get this done on earth. He didn't say the son of God. He said the son of man. He was letting you know, I'm not doing this as God. I'm doing this as a human being with God in him. So we have to dominate by DNA. We have to dominate by DNA. Our authority is an identity. We lost identity. Now we're trying to get identity back. I hate to tell y'all this, my, my, my devil fighters. we're not warring against Satan. We're not warring against Satan. The Bible Jesus said, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Where's any other power? The Bible said that every knee will bow and tongue will confess in heaven, on earth and beneath. Jesus went into hell and took the keys to hell, death, and the grave. We're not in a war against Satan. The Bible said he's already destroyed the works of Satan. We're not in a war with Satan. We're in a battle to grow up. We're not in a war to Satan. we're in a battle with our personal identity that he gave us that's in this word consistently, constant. You can't look into in Jesus ministry and not see him just talking about the father, talking about his allegiance to the father. And then we'll go out our own mouth and say we want to be like Jesus. What would Jesus do? Well, (laughs) well, let's look. He would only do what the father told him. How did we go? Uh, that was when I was in high school that was out. Y'all remember that? What would Jesus do? It was everywhere. WWJD. What would Jesus do? That was the movement. He will only do what the father said. That never came out of there. No revelation from that. What would Jesus do? He would only do what his father tell him, and that's what we have to get in every situation, in every circumstance. We have to get to that point, whether good or bad. Whether good or bad, we only do what the father tell us. If we listen closely, I told y'all the other day, it's not a time. On Sunday morning, when me and Dr. Hardy don't come here and Satan ain't attacking our mind, it ain't nobody gonna show up, y'all ain't doing nothing, y'all ain't making no, nope, it always happened. But you know what? We're at that place now where we know who's talking. We know who's talking. You gotta get to the place where you know who's speaking. You gotta get to the place where you know your father would never tell you, you're gonna fail. You ain't gonna make it. You should quit. You should give up. You a failure. How are we responding to stuff? That's the battle the battle look satan's Satan's weapon is a whisper and I hate to say it like that because we've been taken out with whispers. <laughs> we've been taken out with a whisper. You ain't called now the next two weeks, somebody got to minister to you out of here. You ain't going to make it. Your, your bills, you ain't going to get them paid. Now, what are we going to do? What you mean what you going to do? And we will stand flat-footed and swear that we hear from him. Uh-oh. That's why we can't rule it with gifts. Because you can hear in a prophetic voice, but that ain't your spirit. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. I can read this word and the Holy Spirit can give me what to teach, but I can't walk it out because my spirit, man, ain't developed there yet. (laughs) And so that's why I have to kill all the gifts and people thinking that their gift is what makes them eloquent or their gifts is is, is authority. No. Authority come from sonship. It don't come from the prophetic. Authority come from sonship. It don't come from the anointing. The anointing is to destroy yokes off of people. We're talking about your personal life because we can't, watch this, we can't limit our success to a service. Somebody came to church, I healed them today, but what happened when you went home? (laughs) What happened when you went to work? What happened when you lost some money and now you don't know what you're going to do about some bills? What happened, when somebody told you no? What happened when somebody told you you can't do that? Stop. That's when we know what we're growing up at. You know growth in your assignment. You only know you're growing in your assignment. You only know you hear him in your assignment it's easy for me to give somebody else a word. That's the easy part. But it's hard for me to get a word. The reason why is this? is because, like I said, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us it's for the purpose of ministry. Gifts and callings come without repentance. Let me say it again. Gifts and callings come without repentance. Gifts and callings come without a changed mind. Without a renewed mind. Without being properly reconciled, gifts and callings are always going to be there, even without an assignment. This brother came over my house. He was a, he, he was a, he was he was a prophet. He was dead on as a prophet, but he didn't think he should have allegiance to a body. So my question to him was, how are you growing up? I'm dealing with some brothers right now who they can teach. They study the word six or seven hours a day. But they don't want to do community so they just set up on YouTube and talk about what the pastors ain't doing, what the prophets ain't doing, what the evangelists ain't doing. How don't nobody really know truth. That's your assignment? Go on YouTube and tell the church what they ain't doing? <laughs> Why is this? Because we have a gift. The Holy Spirit speaks to us for the purpose of ministry, for the purpose of building people up, and we can never think that that's ours because that's not how we're going to dominate the planet. So he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Then he said, I want you to rule the earth, Q. I want you to dominate the earth. Malachi. Let's further the conversation. It says, behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. Now, you done heard these scriptures before. I have to keep reminding you, okay? You grow by repetition. You don't grow by hearing the word one time and I got it. You don't have it. Okay? Every stage of your growth, you're going to hear something different when you read the scriptures. When you come in as a nepios, as an infant, you're going to see certain things in the scripture. By the time you get to a techno, you're going to see that same scripture totally different it's going to take you deeper. By the time you get to a weas, you're going to see that scripture totally different. Verse 6 says he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, so that I would not come and smite the land with the curse. So in Genesis 1:26, the first conversation he had with man, he was making us in his image, according to his likeness. He was giving us a conversation, saying, "Rule, dominate." Adam lost that. Eve didn't lose it. Adam lost it. I told y'all women about that. All right. But Eve ate it first. No, <laughs> Eve gave it to the man. And that shows you the power women have over men. That's why the first curse that God gave man was, you listen to that woman over me. All right. No amens. Huh. <laughs> All the amens left the building. They in the parking lot, in the car. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if we look at what he did in Genesis to putting us in in, in, in a relationship with him, first time he talked to man. to this scripture right here, Chris, this is the last thing he said in the Old Testament. The last word spoken in the Old Testament is I got to return the hearts of the fathers to the children. That's what this ministry is doing. Okay, that's what this ministry is doing. We're returning your heart to the father. He didn't say return the, the, the hearts of the child to the father. He said the hearts of the father to the children. My job here is to come in here and let you know what he feels about you, what he really says about you. And the thing about it, if you ain't on that podcast and you missing service, Satan ain't never shutting up. Satan ain't never shut. He's not going to ever be quiet. So you got to constantly put this stuff in you, constantly put this stuff in you until it becomes the way that you think. Okay, we move from knowledge to understanding to to, to wisdom to revelation. Once we get to revelation, it's settled in us. Once we get to wisdom, it's settled in us. We can't walk it just in understanding and we can't walk it just in knowledge. But understand this, it's a spiritual application that happens with knowledge. The Bible says grace and peace is multiplied through knowledge. So just you digging in the scriptures and finding out what he said to you, it multiplies grace. It multiplies peace. Why? Because it's another voice. It's another thought process. So after he said that, it, that he will create us in his image according to his likeness, after he gave us an assignment, then after the fall, we get to the last scripture in the Old Testament. After that scripture of him talking about returning the hearts of the father to the children and the hearts of the children to the father. He didn't talk again for 400 years. There wasn't another conversation for 400 years. Why? Because he told you what the next assignment was going to be in that passage of scripture. I'm going to send you, Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. So before I send my son, I'm going to send a prophet. John came on the scene. Matthew chapter three, verse one. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's near. Now, if you do some investigation, the scriptures tell you that John the Baptist was Elijah. So his plan on returning the hearts of the father to the children's, Chad, was introducing the kingdom. It was introducing the kingdom. First thing, John comes on the scene and says, repent. What repent mean? Change your mind. Give your mind back to the father. Give your mind back to the father. Put your mind in the hands of the kingdom of God. Remove your mind from, watch this, the kingdom of darkness, but even more, the religion. Jesus' hardest issue was pulling them out of the hands of of the Pharisees, not Satan. It's easy to get pulled out of the hands of Satan. You know that's darkness. The hard part is getting you out of religion, the fact that somebody showed you these scriptures wrong. (laughs) And you have so much respect for them. that you scared to say they wrong. You have so much respect for somebody who gave you poison. I'm wrong. Let me stop. Now, Matthew 4 and 7, 4 and 17. Now, this is the next chapter. John comes and he says, repent, turn, repent and turn to God. For the kingdom of God is at the kingdom of heaven is near. Then Jesus began to preach, repent from your sins, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, what is Jesus saying? Change your mind, switch sides, switch worlds. You can now do that before he can't. You couldn't do it. There was no other kingdom. There was no other way of thinking. Other than culturally culturally or legalistically. But the thing I want you to get and understand is that when Jesus said, repent, Kirby. He was letting us know, adjust our mind to the kingdom, because later on, I'm going to give you the DNA. Later on, I'm going to give you the DNA. At the time, he couldn't give it to him, because like I said, the redeemer had the DNA inside of him. So now all he's doing is introducing us to his father's world. That's all the kingdom is. The kingdom of God is, our, is his father's household. It's his father's world. It's the new lifestyle. When you were adopted, this is what you were born into. When the Bible says that when you are born again, the first thing you see is what? I need some Bible scholars. I want to know if you've been reading. When you're born again, what is the first thing you see? The kingdom. The kingdom. The conversation Jesus had with Nicodemus. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Now, what's crazy about that whole conversation is this. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he didn't ask him how to be born again. He didn't even ask him about the kingdom. He said, teacher, we know you come from God because no one can come from God unless they do these miracles that you do. Jesus said, Unless a man is born of the, again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the first thing that happened when we began to see was that when we were born again is that we can see. Why? The DNA is there now. The DNA is there now. The Bible says the natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit. The natural man cannot see the kingdom of God. You wasting your time trying to tell him about the kingdom of God. Tell them they have a father and that their destiny is in his hands. He wants us to dominate by DNA. This is why Jesus said, even in his preaching, Jesus said, a seed must fall to the ground. If the seed doesn't fall to the ground and die, it can't produce any life. The thing was, he was the seed. He was the seed. I have a whole bunch of scriptures that I wanted to share with you guys on this morning. And I was going to have Dr. Hardy put them on the PowerPoint, but I forgot. Okay, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to look at 1 Peter 1 and 23. All right, not now. Uh, uh, You can go back on the podcast and just write down, them. you know, get them off the podcast as I say them. I want you to go and look at 1 Peter 23, 1 and 23, okay? I want you to look at John 1 and 1, 1 through 4, then 1 and 14. I also want you to look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, 12 through 16. I also want you to look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. All right. And after you do that, I want you to go back to Genesis and I want you to look at Genesis one and two. Now, the whole reason I want you to do this is because you have to understand that all things were created through Christ for Christ and without Christ, nothing exists. So you have to understand when God said, let there be light, that Christ was the immaterial that built the material. Okay, because what we have to understand in understanding the kingdom of God is that we can't see the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. It says, now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. It does not come with observation. You would never be able to look at a person and say, That's the kingdom. Wasn't no moats, wasn't no walls, wasn't no building. He had to tell them this, Chris. The reason why I had to tell them this, because they were used to kingdoms coming with armies, coming with kings, coming with land, coming with property, coming with territory. Jesus is on the scene, he's talking about he's the king, but he ain't got no property. <laughs> he ain't got no soldiers. He said foxes have homes but the son of man ain't got nowhere to even live. If I came to you and told you I had a kingdom but I didn't have nowhere to live so he had to let them know the kingdom of God does not come by observation. You would never look at what a person has and say oh they in the kingdom. It ain't they pretty eyes, pretty face. Verse 21 says, nor would they say, see here or see there. It says, for indeed, the kingdom of God is where? It's within you. So the kingdom came with the DNA. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is the seed of Christ. Why? Because everything that he created, he created through Christ, for Christ, and without Christ, nothing exists. Then when we were born again, we got the same thing that he created everything with. Uh, Oh, y'all ain't hearing me, but y'all not really hearing me. The same thing that he created then everything with, he now placed in us. That's why the creation is grown and waiting. It's waiting for that seed to germinate. It's waiting for that seed to be developed. It's waiting for us to dominate just by identity and understanding who we are. He needs us to dominate with character. (laughs) Not with gifts. Not with talents. Dominate with character. Mm. The Bible said about Adam, it said Adam, Adam was a living soul, but Jesus is a life giving spirit. Once that spirit has been placed in us, the kingdom of God is here. The Bible says, and let's go to 1 Corinthians 124. It says, yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is what? Is what? Continue. And the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Okay, so when we're talking about the Holy, now we think about Holy Spirit power. (laughs) We always think about Holy Spirit power. The Holy Spirit gives us power to do ministry, the power of Christ and the wisdom of Christ gives us power to live. The kingdom of God is within you, it's in the DNA. The Holy Spirit came upon you as a helper. That's why Jesus said, I'm going to send you another helper. I'm the first one. My DNA is the first helper because my DNA is what pulled you out the family of Adam. And if I didn't pull you out the family of Adam, you couldn't even see the kingdom. You couldn't even hear the kingdom the people of the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon them. It was miracles in the Old Testament, but nobody in the Old Testament could call him what? Father, Abba. So the redemption didn't happen through Moses. It didn't happen through Abraham. It didn't happen through Isaac. It didn't happen through Jacob. It didn't happen through Deborah. It didn't happen through Samson. It didn't happen through Solomon. It didn't happen through David. The redemption came with Jesus. Which means now we move back into the vein of where he wants us to be. Nobody in the Old Testament had the DNA. That's why he told nobody in the Old Testament to dominate. When Jesus came on the scene, it was an entirely new apostolic message repent because the kingdom of God is at hand, it's available, it's near. You didn't hear that in the Old Testament. Why? It wasn't available. Now that it is available, now that we have been upgraded, now that we have been brought into his family, it is time for us to take on the DNA. It is time for us to, watch this, study according to what's in us. Pray according to what's in us. Fast according to what's in us until you shed that flesh Christ ain't coming forward. <laughs> I know you like barbecue. Now I'm gonna stop. <laughs> until we shed flesh, Christ doesn't come forth. The purpose of us fasting is so we can remove flesh off the throne of our soul so that Christ can sit there. You want to know when you full of the Holy Spirit? when the Holy Spirit has your mind, your imagination, your thought life, your aversions, what you do and don't like, your appetite, your character, your disposition, your intellect, your emotions. When the Holy Spirit has all those, you full of the Holy Spirit. Until then you filled. Which means the angels are there saying, Dr. Hardy, don't say that. Dr. Hardy don't say that. Dr. Hardy don't do that. Don't go there. But it's your decision to give the life over. The Holy Spirit waking you up saying, Get up and pray. It's your decision. You better respond to the DNA. The Holy Spirit telling you, go get your butt to church. (laughs) But we find a way to not listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to our flesh. And then, out the same mouth, we say we hear the Spirit. When do you hear the Spirit? When it's convenient. This is what I want y'all to practice all this week. Do it when you don't feel like it. Do it when you don't feel like it. You don't feel like praying, go. You don't feel like studying, go. You don't feel like fasting, go. You don't feel like coming to church, that's when you get up. Because anytime the spirit is nudging you to do something, I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to reveal something to you. That's why your destiny has to be more important than anything else. My destiny is more important than my wife and my kids. It's more important than my wife and my kids because if I don't get in it, they don't get in theirs. It's more important It's more important than my wife and kids because of who gave it to me. The one who gave me the purpose and the destiny gave me the wife and the kids. (laughs) So why would I put them over him? All right. I'm going to let y'all chew on that for two seconds and then I'll be be right back with you. Y'all need a commercial? okay once again we are in a battle we are not in a war okay the battle right now is for identity we are wrestling we're not warring we're wrestling I want to teach this teaching called the nines and and what I want to do is I want to let you see that the only way we can rule this planet is with those nine fruits of the spirit. But we cannot rule it with those nine gifts of the spirit. Fruits of the spirit over gifts of the spirit. Let me say it like this. Fruit of the spirit first, then gifts of the spirit. We need the gifts of the spirit. Okay. We function in the gifts of the spirit. But the problem is, and what I can't have, is people listening to people with the gifts of the spirit, but no character. I can't have that. People listen to people with the gifts of the spirit, but they have no allegiance to the body. I tell everybody in here who, who going to have this mic, that if you can't pray with these people, you can't preach to them. If you can't pray with these people, you can't preach with these people. You can't teach these people if you can't pray with them. And we set up prayer and you can't show up never. Then you no, you're not going to get this because you are showing the people you don't really care about them. All I want is the mic. Five o'clock prayer. <laughs> prayer before service. Prayer on Saturdays. Your allegiance is to the community. It ain't to me, even if I make you mad, community. You don't lose your assignment because I make you mad. Actually, when I say what you don't like, it shows me that you can't be used. So we got to bump heads so we can see. Amen? I know this ain't a hard, I know this ain't a good word. I know this ain't popular. But we have to weed out those who have gifts, denying gifts, but not the characters, fruit of the spirit. Jesus said, they're going to know you, my disciples, because you can prophesy. Oh, come on, y'all, stop playing with me. He said, you're going to know my disciples because they teach. Oh, come on, stop playing. You're going to know my disciples because they operate in the word of wisdom. They got the word of knowledge. Oh, they can heal. They can do miracles. That's how you're gonna know my disciples. No? Uh, how? Love. Love. Paul says you can give your body to burn. You can have all the revelation in the world. But if you have like if you have no love, you are nothing. He said you can have the greatest revelation in the world, but if you have no love, you sound like a like a tambourine. That's all we hear. We're going to dominate by DNA. Amen? We're going to dominate by DNA. What's the name of this church? Divine Generations. Okay, we're not a gifted generation. We are a divine generation. We take on our father's characteristics and that's how we will rule this planet. We are not going to rule this planet with a teaching gift. It's not going to happen. Everybody supposed to bow to you because you got some information. Stop. Ain't nobody bound to you because you can prophesy. Ain't nobody bowing to you because you, you got the gift of healing. Ain't nobody bound to you because you do some miracles. Because ain't nothing worse than this. And I just experienced this. I had a guy sit and tell me one of the most profound, deep miracles I've ever heard of. Q. The miracle, no, no, this miracle was so, when I tell you, I mean, resurrecting somebody from the dead. Okay, some stuff that, that, I mean, when I heard it, I was like, wow, I felt the anointing, and it it was true. It was true. But then, later on, because I'm always listening, I listen for sonship. Whoever preaching, teaching, I don't care what you're doing, I'm listening for sonship. Out of the same mouth of the person who said the miracles, I don't have enough money to feed my family. Hmm. How do you have one side, but you don't have the other? (laughs) Because, you know why? We get tied up and so tied up in miracles, we forget about the relationship. I sat in rooms with people and all they talked about was healing. All they talked about was demonic possession. All they talked about was all these different things. Not one conversation about the father. Not one conversation about relationship. It don't matter how many churches you plant if all them orphanages. I'll take one church full of sons and daughters authentically raised with character. Before I try to plant 11 million churches, what people just talking about, let the move of the Holy Spirit. No, 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 stop. Okay? The Holy Spirit is there for sons. When the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, he said, This is my son who I am well pleased with. Amen. Amen. He ain't said that about the Pharisees. They had the law, though, <laughs> they had everything that God gave Moses. That word, he went up to the mountain and got it, fasted for 40 days, came back down, was glistening and glowing to the point he had to put a veil over his face. Jesus walked up on the scene, I came to fulfill the law. What you mean? This brother went to 40 days fast. <laughs> it ain't fulfilled? No, it ain't fulfilled because the law was never meant to be given to children. It was always meant to be given to servants, to slaves. You control slaves by laws. You don't control children by laws. When Alana was like seven years old, I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell it. Okay. Her and Javon was uh, we, went some, I we went to the store. Her and Javon was uh, fighting or arguing about something and Alana reared back and threw a, a toy at Javon. Javon ducks uh, hit the flat screen. Now, if she's under the law, she need to pay for that. She need to pay for that. But since she's not under the law, I reprimand her, say something to her, but I got to come out my pocket for that. Difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're growing in grace and the knowledge of him. Why? Because he wants us to get this identity because that's the only way we're going to dominate. We're not going to dominate by gifts of the spirit. There's no ministry that's going to dominate with deliverance service. I talk to the people who say they delivered. Okay, stop, McKinley. Bag up, chill. I talk to the people who say they delivered. No relationship. <laughs> no relationship at all. I talk to, no, better Yeah, I talk to the people who cast out the devils. No relationship at all. No character. And we say we dominating. You know what, watch this. Let me say this. Oh. The church is hell-bent on. You know the church care more about cigarettes than they do pride. You know they care more about people drinking alcohol than they care about pride. You know why? Because you can't smoke pride. So we can't see it. <laughs> we can't see that pack of pride in your, in your pocket. <laughs> we can't see you at the store buying pride. We can't smell pride on you. So it's an easy thing to target. But when we look in scripture, we don't see nothing about alcohol. We don't see nothing about cigarettes. That's not what we look at. We, we see the father saying the thing I hate most is what? Pride. The cigarettes are there because the person is going through something it's an area they need to be developed in that we need to tackle that part of them. Once we tackle the soul issue, that problem goes away. (laughs) But if I outcast you, you don't even show up to get developed. You don't even show up to get developed. And I want you to quit smoking cigarettes, but I don't want to deal with your problems. I don't want to deal with what you got going on in your heart, in your head, what happened to you in your past, what's going on in your present. I ain't interested in giving you a better future. I just want you to be clean in my ministry. I just want everybody to say that everybody at my church ain't doing nothing wrong. Like Bill Johnson said, your ministry is either going to be a senior citizen home or a kindergarten classroom. It's going to be one or the other. Y'all ready? It's about to get good. It's about to get good. I got 15 minutes. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. All right. For the kingdom of God... Is not eating, drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not a big house. The kingdom of God is not lobster and steak. <laughs> the kingdom of God is not Don Perrion. Stop acting like you. The kingdom of God is not good, nice clothes, a lot of money. That's not the kingdom of God. I'm telling you that so you can stop seeking that. Your house, size of your house is not going to prove you in the kingdom, especially when there ain't no peace in it. Your shoe collection has nothing to do with your obedience. It has nothing to do with your righteousness. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not stuff. That's why he said you won't be able to observe it. You won't see the person with with a a perfect family, with all the money, and say, Dad, go to the kingdom right there. Why? Because you're going to go to try to get that stuff. So he said the kingdom of God, now this is Paul talking, this apostolic ministry. He's preaching to the Roman church and the Roman church isn't established yet. They're trying to establish a church. He's letting them know this is not what the kingdom of God is about. Now, he wasn't even around when Jesus. He wasn't one of the tw- original 12. He comes in and said the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness. It is peace and it is joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, all the this is a succession. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then everything else will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom, that DNA inside of you. Because we ain't got no building to seek. We ain't got no place to go to seek the kingdom now. The kingdom is something you do when you wake up in the morning. Right now, you should be seeking the kingdom. The kingdom is in you. It's the DNA. It's the Christ in you. That's why when Jesus said, I will build my church, he wasn't just talking about, he wasn't talking about himself. He was talking about everybody who got that DNA. He the head, we the body. I will build my church. The pastor and the first, that's not the I. (laughs) I It's the sons and daughters who the creation waiting on. Wait, no sons and daughters. The creation ain't waiting on the pastors. He ain't waiting on apostles. He ain't waiting on evangelists. We well, might be waiting on evangelists. I'm missing. Evangelists go outside and bring them in. So that's not what he's waiting on. The kingdom of God is waiting for authentic sons, authentic daughters. People who care about the relationship more than they care about possessions. Because if you seek the relationship, the possessions come. I can't tell you, I haven't worked a job since 2006. And I've been good. You know why? When I was in the military, like I told you, I said, God didn't know Father at the time. I said, God, if you get me out of this military, because they were taking up all my time. Oh, y'all don't understand the military life. That's why I'll say this. Anybody who can dedicate their life to the military better dedicate their life to God because the military takes so much of your time. When I tell you from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, you won't call. We can catch a plane and go to another country any minute. God want that same diligence. He want just the way we have to show up for formation. We had to show up for formation and be there by 6 o'clock. And if you got there uh, 15 minutes... If you didn't get there by four, 545, you was late. Formation was at six. If you didn't get there by 545, you was late. The father wants that same diligence. When they say work out, you worked out. When they say it's time to train, you train. When they say it's time to leave the country, you leaving the country. But your heavenly father can't get that. That's why he said train as a soldier. Because when soldiers are told to go, they go. Mission first, soldier always. Military slain. This is what the father wants from us. He don't want you doing it when you get ready. He want, that's not obedience. <laughs> I wish I could see y'all face. That's not obedience. If you do it when you get ready to, that's not obedience. And that's why the presence ain't on your life. Because when he tell you to go, he going with you. If you go without him, you go without him. If you go without him, you go by yourself. When Paul got ready, one of the prophets got a prophecy that Paul. when Paul got to Jerusalem, it was going to go down. He was going to die. They was going to do all these things to him. So they didn't want Paul to go. But the father had already spoke to Paul. Yeah, that's going to happen, but don't worry about it. So you can get an assignment and somebody can tell you if you go there, this is what's going to happen. Now, Jesus, now watch this because I can give you two different instances. This is a whole nother conversation, ain't it? I can give you different instances, okay? He knew that something was going to happen to him and he was willing to go anyway. The disciples and Jesus' brothers is telling him, look, you need to go out there and make yourself known. Nobody with this type of power will just sit still. Jesus said, it ain't my time to do that yet. He sent his boys over to Jerusalem. Something wrong with Lazarus. I'll be there in a couple of days. Now, you would think, that's a 911. No, it ain't a 911. When I send you, I'm coming with you. If you go by yourself, I'm not going to be there. This is kingdom stuff. <laughs> so he said the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Now, when we talk about righteousness, we've talked about that enough, right? First thing we need to know about righteousness is first thing we're dealing with is righteousness towards us. We should know by now that we're God's children and we're right in his eyes. Okay. If you don't know that, you can't move into the next level of righteousness, is, is, which is stand on his path for, for righteous sake. So until you know that you are righteous and you are right in his eyes and that you are his child, you will never stay on that path for his name's sake. Every time you start going through something, you're going to get off the path. Because you didn't know that you was on his path for his name's sake, which means on that path, you're going to go through some stuff. Huh? You're going to have some good days. You're going to have some bad days. Some people are going to oppose you. If you think I'm lying, look at Jesus' life. Look at Paul's life. Paul said, I've been shipwrecked three times. I've been out on sea, stranded. He said, I've been left, I've been naked without clothes. He said, I've been without food. He said, I've been in danger from my country man. I've been in danger from, from bandits. <laughs> he said, I'm going through all of this stuff and then the last thing he said, okay, was this. He said, and at the same time, I still got to tend to the church. Now, most of us, all that's going on, we forgot about the church. Because I'm going through my thing, forget about the mission. Until I get done going through what I'm going through, I can't get back on my mission. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. One powerful thing Bishop Oyedepo said, he said, build yourself for persecution. Because when persecution comes, that's when growth is happening. That's when growth is happening. When everybody's talking about you and don't nobody like you, that's when, it's hap- that's when the growth is happening. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. that's how you know. When you growing, you know because everybody got something to say. Your family don't want to talk to you no more. You done lost friends. What is that letting you know? You growing. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted. But as soon as persecution come, what we do? We switch channels. Let's move to Sesame Street. Forget die hard with a vengeance. (laughs) <laughs> Forget thy heart. We want to be on Sesame Street. That's the only way we know. No, the kingdom is coming in persecution. The, the very things that Jesus went through, you're going to go through the same things. This is why, let me finish this part. So if you don't go on, if you don't stay on the path of righteousness, when things are going right, watch this, this is what happens. Soon as you be on the path of righteousness and stuff start going wrong, you stop practicing righteousness. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, it's righteousness. It's us praying, fast, no matter what happens. Reading your word, no matter what happens. Y'all with me? No matter what happens. I'm speaking life into you. No matter what you go through. Word time. No matter what you go through, community. Satan wants you detached from the community because it's the body. If you can't grow, you will not grow outside of community. It's impossible because you can only grow around like-minded people. So, if we don't get into righteousness, then we'll never have peace. If he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and righteousness and everything else will be added to us, then if you don't seek the kingdom and you don't seek righteousness, you will never have peace. Peace is a tranquil state of the soul that because of salvation, you no longer fear God. You don't fear God. You revere him. You know he's your father. And just like a child, it's just certain things you don't do in his presence. It's just certain things you don't say. Now, think about it. If Jesus, if we knew Jesus was gonna be sitting right there in that chair, how many people you think would showed up today? <laughs> if you knew Jesus was riding next to you in your car, you wouldn't play that. Am I right? If you and your wife was having a conversation and Jesus was was sitting as a mediator, it's just certain things you wouldn't say to your wife. It's just certain things you wouldn't say to your husband. Why? Because when the the presence, when you know you're in somebody's presence, you conduct yourself the proper way. The issue is we don't live in his presence, so we don't mind what we do, what we say outside of church. I know this is difficult, ain't it? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and you will get peace. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and not only will you get peace but you will get joy. Joy is being always happy and always expecting goodness. I'm going to say it again. Joy is always being happy and always expecting goodness. The Bible says rejoice always. And I say again, rejoice. No matter what you go, watch this. No matter what you go through, situations and circumstances, one thing you can say your life is better than it was without the Father, before you came to the Father. And the joy has to be found in that relationship because it won't be found in money. (laughs) It won't. And we have to stop taking assignments based on what makes us happy. Because if I give you $10,000 and say, go do this, you happy. (laughs) You happy. You'll go do it, grab the money, and you off. Why? Because something that was put in your hands made you happy. But on the other hand, as soon as we get rebuked, we lose joy soon as the Father asks us to do something that ain't going to benefit our pockets, we lose joy. I'm sorry. I apologize. Y'all left? The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Meaning this, Ola. Now it's about presence. It's about atmosphere. It's about your spiritual climate. We're moving back into Eden. Eden was nothing but the presence of God that they could live in. That's why no matter how much they search and try to find, they'll never find it. (laughs) You'll never find Eden. It was the presence of God that they were supposed to grow up in. Eden was the garden that he tended them in. You only tended in the presence. You only tended in the presence. You only grow in the presence. Because it's the same way. How do people grow demonic? In the presence of Satan. (laughs) Nobody become a serial killer from praying in tongues for 10 hours. (laughs) They spending time with their father. He's lying to them, telling them all these things, and then they go act on what their father said. Your father wants you to spend time with him so he can tell you truth, so you can go act on his truth. The battle is over the the soul. It's over the soul. Satan wants your appetite, so does the father. Satan wants your mind, so does the father. Satan wants your time, so does the father. Satan wants your character, so does the father. That's why I tell you, right now, you are redeemed. Amen? So what does that mean? Every decision you make, you write back at those two trees. Are you going to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or are you going to eat from the tree of life? This is why Jesus said, my last scripture, this is why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he said, when you pray, pray like this. Pray then in this way. Our father who was in in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, look, when you communicate with heaven, because there's a difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. All right. The kingdom of heaven is where the father lives. The kingdom of heaven is his world. The kingdom of God is his influence through us on earth. That's why the kingdom of God is in you. And wherever area he's influencing you and you're operating in it, that's when the kingdom comes. That's when, when, when that's why Jesus said to the Pharisees, they said, you cast devils out by Beelzebub. He said, no, two, he said two kingdoms cannot be divided and they can't war against one another. He said, A kingdom can't be divided. You can't. Satan can't fight against Satan. Somebody who's stronger than Satan has to oppose Satan. He said, for sure, though, you know this. If I cast out a devil, you know the kingdom of God is upon you. It's in your midst. It's in your presence. So he said, pray. Our father, our father, we're children. Where is he at? In heaven. So it needs to be an invitation. He said, "Hallow be your name, which means what? Make his name holy. Daughter of God, son of God, child of God, make his name holy in earth. That's how the kingdom coming, through you making his name holy. He said your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what's the assignment? Bring heaven to earth. Do it on earth just how he would do it in heaven.